Please grab Genesis 27 and follow along. It'll be really helpful as you look at this story. But let me start with another story that you'll know. Little Red Riding Hood. You know that story, I think. The wolf goes to Granny's house and I think he eats her up, doesn't he? I think he eats her up. And he tucks himself into bed waiting for Little Red Riding Hood to arrive. And she arrives to the door. She makes her way to Granny's bedroom. And what does she say? She says, oh Granny, what big eyes you've got. I said, oh, all the better to see you with, and all big, was a big nose, or all the better to smell you with, and then there's the, the big teeth and the big smile, all the better to eat you with. And Little Red Riding Hood is tricked, I suppose you could say, in that story, by the wolf. And well, instead of a wolf playing a granny, we have Jacob playing the part of a goat in some ways, don't we? As he puts on these goat skins in order to trick his father Isaac. But what's going on in this story? It's really a fascinating and complicated story in some ways. But let's just flick back to Genesis 25 just to remind ourselves what on earth has been happening. For 20 years, Isaac and Rebecca have been married, but there's no family, there's no children. Isaac prays constantly to the Lord. He's really consistent. But then Rebecca is pregnant, much to their delight, but there's a war waging within her womb. They're literally crushing each other, is what the Bible says. And she asks the Lord, what on earth is happening? And he says in verse 23, there are two nations in your womb, two peoples, and you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. So where the blessing should land with the older son Esau, it's going to be Jacob who receives the blessing. And whenever they're born, Esau is red and hairy. Esau is grabbing, or Esau's red and hurry. Jacob, he grabs onto Esau's heel, and that's really him trying to overtake Esau, even in the womb. And what we discover is Esau is a hunter, a man of the field. He's a daddy's boy. And Jacob, he was a mummy's boy. He likes to be in the tent, he likes to be cooking and maybe doing things like that. And what we discover in verse 28 of chapter 25 is that there are two teams here. And we see this in the story really clearly. There's Isaac and Esau and Rebecca and Jacob. And the warning last week, one of the warnings was, don't have favourite children because it can cause chaos. And then we see Jacob tricking Esau to giving up his birthright, this blessing. And then in chapter 26, just very quickly, we have the repeated promise that God makes to Abraham, to Isaac. And Isaac sins just like his father Abraham. So where he was good in chapter 25 and didn't take a, a, a maid to, to be a, a bearer of a son like Isaac or Abraham did with Hagar. Isaac, just to get out of trouble, says that Rebekah is his sister, just as Abraham did. God, though, tells Isaac not to go to Abraham or go to Egypt and Isaac stays. And God blesses him immensely, a harvest of a hundredfold, we're told. But despite of all the sin that's going on here, and as we'll think about later, God's plan of redemption cannot be thwarted. Despite Jacob and Esau tricking each other, or trying to get over one another, despite Isaac and Rebekah taking sides, despite of Isaac lying and saying Rebekah was not his wife but his sister, despite all the things that are going on, God's plan of redemption cannot be thwarted. God's plan will always come to pass. 
So as we begin in chapter 27, we see quite clearly these two teams at work. But what's our first thing this morning is this. Ignoring God's word. Beware, folks, of ignoring God's word. I think we can imagine quite easily. If you've ever watched watched The Apprentice or a program like that, where they set up the teams up and maybe there's really clear instructions given to an individual about how they, what they ought to do and how they ought to do it. And they hear the words. They hear the instructions from the team leader. But they think, I can do a much better job than that. And they do their own thing. And it turns out to be a wreck. They don't listen to the leader. And they just do their own thing. And it turns out to be a disaster. And other times it works the other way around. But there's a danger for us of ignoring God's word. Because that's what happens here in Genesis 27. Because Isaac, he wants to bless Esau. But God has already revealed that's not going to happen. And what we see is Isaac is turning a blind eye to his son Esau. He's turning a blind eye. Those eyes are, are dimming. He's turning a, a blind eye figuratively to Esau's well. So the last couple of verses of, of chapter 26 help us understand a little bit about Esau. He's now 40, but he has two wives. And that's a problem. You should only have one wife. What else is wrong here? He's married to foreigners, essentially. There's nothing wrong with marrying foreigners now. But here is the context of being God's people, being within God's family, and others. So these two ladies, the Hittites, I think they are, they are from outside of God's family. Just as Christians shouldn't marry non-Christians, here it is God's people should marry people outside of God's family. And we're told for Rebecca and Isaac, this made their life better. It was hard for them to see Esau go down this path. And maybe these daughters-in-law made life hard for Isaac and Rebecca as well. But now Isaac, he's 100, Esau's 40. His eyes are beginning to fade. But he's turning a blind eye to his favorite son, Esau. He doesn't deserve blessing. He doesn't live like he deserves blessing. Either does Jacob, by the way, but Esau definitely not. He has sold out his birthright already. Isaac knows about the older son is going to serve the younger son. And it's hard to understand for us. Isaac, who had been good in part and in many ways, would forget what God says, ignores what God's word says, and turns a blind eye to his son Esau. But as we look at our own hearts, maybe it's literally in how we treat our own children, we too turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to them. Do we really know where our children are spiritually? Do you treat your children as if they do no wrong? Don't turn a blind eye. Don't ignore God's word, but minister to them. Share Jesus with them. Pray that God would take Sinners that they are and change their heart and make them his own children. Don't turn a blind eye to our children or even to God's words. So we're really tempted to do that as well. So as we ignore God's word, we can turn a blind eye or we can also just be following our feelings, can't we? So what Isaac is doing here, isn't it? He knows the prophecy But he sets up a plan to bless his son Esau. He has a strong desire to bless this son because he loves him more. Because he is the favourite. 
because they both shared, loved hunting together in the past. They both enjoy this, these barbecues that they had with the meat that they caught. And that's exactly what Isaac wants now. Go hunt. Make me delicious food that I may eat of what you kill. And Isaac allows how he feels to determine how he acts. He ignores what God has to say. He turns a blind eye to everything that goes on. And he simply just follows his own feelings. It allows him to determine how he acts. And we can allow our feelings, can't we, to determine how we act. Where we ignore God's word. We simply just follow whatever we think is right or feel is good. Whether it's maybe we have a bad relationship with people or, or somebody. We are very snarky with them rather than being gracious with them. Maybe it's a boss that everybody talks about and everybody knows is a complete and utter moron. And we show them no respect. When actually we are to submit to our bosses and show respect. And how we spend our time, we just do whatever feels best from us. Whether that's to be away from church or away from our Bibles. Whether it's to be easy with our kids rather than have the hard work of discipling them or even disciplining them. Maybe it's over a boyfriend or girlfriend being unequally yoked. Or it doesn't matter, we just keep going. We're going to get married anyway. To how we spend, we just do what we feel is right. We think about me and there's no sacrifice for Jesus in this church. And we just follow how we feel. We turn a blind eye to what God's word says and we ignore it altogether. That's a warning for us, isn't it? Don't ignore God's word. Here's the second thing that happens. With really Rebecca and Jacob, now they are trusting ourselves for God's blessing. Trusting ourselves for God's blessing. Isaac has a plan for Esau, he's 40. His twin brother Jacob is also 40 and Rebecca has a plan. And I think it's just worth noting, isn't it? They're grown men going along with mummy and daddy still. It's mad, isn't it? But Jacob, as he listens to this plan of Rebecca, he is really concerned. He says, well, you know, what if I get caught? Will I be cursed? But Rebecca says this plan of deception that we're going to have is, is going to be perfect. So she's been eavesdropping in this tent when Isaac and Esau have been discussing. And she's going to come up with her own plan. The dress up. It's a little bit comical in some ways, isn't it? But it seems to do the trick. And Jacob will end up a butler simply delivering food. But there's a constant deceit here, isn't there? Jacob will lie three times as he's spoken to by his father. He says one word twice in response to his father's questions. Isaac's eyes are gone. And he's able to, unable to distinguish properly who is who. Interestingly, Isaac is suspicious throughout, isn't he? Even as Esau comes to him, he says, well, it was, it was Jacob's, it sounds like Jacob. You know, if my brother and I were at home and someone phoned, mum phoned the house and one of us picked up, mum couldn't tell who it was at all. But here Isaac's able to maybe discern a little bit. We can imagine Jacob coming in with the, maybe the tray trembling with this food. His heart thumping, the sweat pouring out of him as he is afraid of getting caught. And with this plan, this deception, all five senses are needed here. And the eyes are easy. No, Isaac can't see particularly well. But Isaac has to listen to, to Jacob's voice and Jacob convinces him that it's Esau. His touch, 
Isaac reaches out and feels Esau. He feels the garments. He, he feels the skin. Even before he blesses in verse 27, he kisses Jacob. He thinks it's Esau and sniffs him. You know, Jacob's put on Esau's clothes. He's put on his aftershave as well. It's Esau's smell. And then it's the, before that, it's the taste of food. Rebecca's prepared goat. But those of us who had game before, game tastes much different to meat that is brought up on a farm, doesn't it? So Rebecca's had to hide this flavour of the meat and this plan of deception is well into action. And what is Rebecca and Jacob doing here? Well, they're trusting themselves for God's blessing. They know Jacob is going to be blessed by God because God has said so. But they are manipulating God's word to justify their actions, aren't they? And we too can manipulate God's word to justify some of our actions. You can excuse ourselves. We take a verse out of context. Or we say, well, we're going to bring judgment ourselves. We take justice into our own hands. We trust ourselves rather than waiting and trusting on God. This plan of deception is in full swing. The five senses, Isaac has not been tricked in all five of them. And then Isaac in verses 27 and 29 blesses Jacob. The word blessing is mentioned 22 times in this chapter. It's amazing, isn't it? And in verse 28, we have this blessing. And there's three parts. There's the, the fruitfulness that Jacob will be blessed. With the dew of heaven, that there, there be water in the ground. The fatness of the earth, that there be good animals for him. That there be plenty of grain. So there's the material fruitfulness. There's the power over other that peoples would serve him. And then there's the, the cursings and the blessings. That those who curse Jacob will be cursed. And those who bless him will be blessed. It is a material blessing, yes. But in its very heart is this spiritual blessing that God gave to Abraham. That was to be passed down from generation to generation. From God to Abraham, Abraham to Isaac. Isaac, and he thinks it's to Esau. But we know it's Jacob. And as Jacob receives that blessing, he's not hanging about, is he? he? Isaac finishes the blessing and he's out of the curtain like a shot. And it's almost as if Jacob exits stage right and stage left. In comes Esau with another dinner. And Esau enters and speaks. And that's when the deception is discovered. Verse 33, Esau has come in. Sorry, verse 31 says, Let my father eat of a son's game, that he would bless me. Verse 33, Isaac had been suspicious throughout, but now he trembles violently. It's a seismic earthquake that rocks Isaac in, this, in, in, in his world, as it were. And Esau, he just bawls his eyes out. He wants to be blessed, that cannot be. And Isaac says in verse 35, your brother came deceitfully. Or really, literally it is, your brother Jacob you. <laughs> Jacob's name means to be tricked. And that's the word that is used there. Isaac says to Esau, you've been Jacob. And it's in this moment that Isaac finally understands God's will here. He understands that God's plans will not be thwarted. Because Isaac doesn't rule back. He basically says, tough to Esau, that Jacob is the one going to be blessed. And it's almost as if the penny has dropped for Isaac here. That he can't trust in himself. He has to trust in the Lord's plan. And God's plan will not fail. 
Don't ignore God's word. Don't trust ourselves for God's blessing. And then the third thing. We need to be realizing our sin. Realizing our sin. Before there's a great work of God's grace in our lives. There needs to be a spiritual earthquake. As Isaac trembles. We too need to tremble. Isaac will receive the blessing despite of all of his sin. The penny drops here. And there's this earthquake in Isaac's life. And he's going to be blessed. And as we realize our sin, and Isaac understands it here. But you see Esau's regret. Tough, burly, red-headed, uh, macho Esau bawling his eyes out. Last week we pick up the verses from Hebrews 12 where uh, we're reminded there that Esau is godless. But Esau traded his blessing and he, looked, he wanted to be blessed by God with tears. But he was rejected because he already had rejected the blessing. And it was a warning for us not to reject the blessing of God as we hear it every week. One day you could be with tears before the judgment throne of God and it'll be too late. God was saying, you've dismissed it before. But Esau has a, a, a regret. But we also have these tears and, and we need to have a response as we realize our sin. Here Esau, he's groveling, looking for something to return. He's trying to redo it all. Never we realize our sin, that's what we do, isn't it? We try to redo, even the world does this. Whether they think that the world's greatest problem is, is slavery or the, the world feeding away as the Bible says. What is the world doing? They want to redo things. They want to rehash it all out. They want to correct it. That's our nature. We want to correct ourselves, but we can't. We try to do better. We try to make up for it. But here there needs to be a change. There needs to be tears, but importantly there needs to be Repentance. Esau cries, but he doesn't change his mind about the blessing of God. Now, as we realize our sin, we need to also recognize that there are consequences to our sin. Verses 41 to 45, words that we didn't read and we'll think about next week properly. But here for Jacob, the immediate consequence of his trickery, the immediate consequence of his sin is that his brother Esau wants to kill him. Isaac, we know, we think he's on his deathbed roughly here and that's why he's doing this blessing. He doesn't think he's long left. Turns out he's 80 years left. But for Jacob, there's an immediate consequence to his sin. And for us, as we sin before the Lord, the consequences to our sin are not always immediate, are they? Sometimes they have no consequence we feel in our life in the immediate future. I mean, we don't really think about it. Sometimes our sins catch us out and it's revealed later down the line. Or it's not, maybe for some of us, until it's eternal. Because all of our sins have consequences. Yes, in the immediate with our actions. But they go into the future, into eternity before the Lord, before God and his judgment seat. You need to recognize, no matter how small our sin is, there is consequence to it. The consequence of telling our children a little lie might be small in the immediate. But it's a sin in the eyes of God. And we need to recognize that there are consequences to your sin. We need to realize our sin. Here in God's word we have four characters. 
Isaac, what does he do? Well, he ignores God's word and will, doesn't he? Rebecca, what about her? Well, she trusts herself to come up with a plan and encourages Jacob to sin. She thinks that God needs help to bring about his plan of redemption. Esau, he totally dismisses God altogether in this birthright. He doesn't think much of God's promises and blessing. And Jacob, he's a trickster lying and stealing the selfish sinner. And in spite of all of them, despite a family that is completely split into two, God's plan of redemption cannot be thwarted. Despite unbelief, despite unfaithfulness or opposition, indifference or manipulation, these people, Isaac and Jacob especially, they deserve God's wrath and curse. But they will be blessed. They are all sinners like us who do not deserve blessing from God, but rather his cursing. But what's God's plan in all of this? Remember, God's plan of redemption cannot be thwarted. There's nothing stands in the way of God. And here as Isaac is deceived, as he kisses his son Jacob. Later in the New Testament, we meet with Jesus, don't we? Where Judas, one of his disciples, would kiss Jesus, a kiss of betrayal, so that Jesus would be cursed. So that we as people would be blessed. See we like Isaac and Jacob and Rebecca. We deserve this cursing. But as we come in faith to the Lord Jesus. We will be blessed. Jesus is God's blessing to us. He is that promised one from Genesis 3. That promised one from, to Abraham. Where all the nations are going to be blessed through. And he is cursed. That's why we started in Galatians 3. Cursed is the one who is put on a tree. Cursed is our Lord Jesus. He becomes sin. He bears the curse and the wrath for God's people. So that those in faith. Would know that blessing that comes from the Lord. See despite of all our attempts of sabotaging our own lives with our sin. The times where we don't think of the consequences of our sin. The times where we think we can make it ourselves up and rely on ourselves and God for his blessing where we follow our feelings and ignore God's word and turn a blind eye to it despite of all the sabotage we do in our own lives God's redemption cannot be thwarted let's pray